0: Hello, everyone. I'm here today with a really, really good friend of mine, Martha. Let me read you her bio and then we're getting into the conversation. Thank you, Martha, for your time and welcome to my podcast. Thank you for inviting me. So, Martha Dopenska was born in Poland in 1978. She's the mother of a lovely 12 year old daughter and lives in Surrey. She studied international relations and worked in international law for corporate in London. Marta has now changed her career and got into the finance and wealth management domain while creating her own wealth management business, which focuses on personal wealth and children. Other than that, Marta is a fool-hearted philanthropist and supports organizations such as Plan UK, Battersea Dogs and Cats Shelter, and many, many more. Welcome Marta. Thank you. So, let me shoot off this podcast. There's always one question I love asking, which is how did you meet me and what did you think?
1: Well, first first time we've met at one of the charity functions, which I believe
0: was 4
1: years ago. It was the Red Cross, and I thought you are the most loving and amazing and open-hearted person. You were very busy entertaining hundreds and hundreds of people and you got a chance to actually go and say hello to everyone. So that was my first impression about you.
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. I remember when I met you, I thought what an elegant and well-spoken woman. Just such grace while also being a badass. Like You do the most amazing things, um, especially in, in with your business now. And uh, you're working with me as well, so um, I'm your client, uh, which we're getting into a little bit later, because it's definitely something, and that's why I invited you to this podcast, because it brings me a lot, and my children, and I think everyone should put these things in place. Um, But we're talking about that in a second. Before that, Martha, tell me a bit about, um, about you, tell me a bit about your upbringing in Poland, and why London now?
1: Well, so I I was born in Poland in a very small town up north, which was called Białystok. And um, so I have a brother and obviously parents, they all live in Poland. And I, I came to UK in 1998, so quite some time ago, with a focus of staying just over a few weeks and practice my English. And 22 years later, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still in UK, in London. And I think this city just absorbs you. So for, for me, the main reason why I wanted to come to, to London is just the openness. Um, the, the fact that if you put a hard work and if you determine you can achieve anything you want. When I arrived in UK, I could speak barely any English my first job wasn't fancy wealth management planning or working in international organizations i was actually working for a very small cafe in uh, in soho making sandwiches but then i realized that perhaps this is not the pathway i want to choose and uh, and that's what makes me a very strong determined and driven person
0: and yes 22 years later i'm still here wow that's amazing it's really because You know, London, as is Luxembourg, I would say as well, where I'm from, Luxembourg and also other European countries. Well, you have it all over the world. You have um, economic immigration. Uh, I myself uh, uh, am an immigrant to the UK. I live here with my kids, but I'm not born here and I work here. And I think it's really uh, interesting to see when you see all of these young people here in London in bars and cafes, and uh, I have witnessed it myself. If you get to talk to them, a lot of them are actually uh, doctors um, uh, working at, well, they are at universities to become doctors Mm. and they are just doing a bar job just to get some money. I think it's really, as you said, London absorbs you and it has such a secret heart of people that you just need to explore that cannot just be described anywhere by writing. Am I right with that?
1: Well, I, I think the way I see, and this is always what I explain to Sophie, my daughter, you need to have goals and you need to have aspirations and you need to have dreams but dreams without a clear vision are only dreams and can end with a failure. So when I came to London, I have dreams, goals and aspirations. And I knew where I'm going. And, that's, and, and I think that's the best advice we can actually give our children. Have those dreams, but also have the goals. And if you work hard towards them, you, you will get there. So even if you start working in a cafe or even if you're doing any other job, which might not seem like the most ideal one, it doesn't matter. It's just a step towards something bigger and bigger and better. And actually it makes you a better person because then you appreciate how hard you had to work to get where you are. Mm. And, uh, and I did have to work very hard because obviously I had to pay for my university. My, my parents never were in a position to help me financially. So I was studying at the same time working. so I really appreciate the value of money, which I think sometimes our offsprings may not because things comes quite easy to them. Yeah. so uh, I think it's a very valuable lesson lesson in life yes
0: absolutely. Wow, that's really powerful. Um, so going over to that then to um just. Being a woman in the domain of, let's say, law, international law, and then finance, before we go into the, the topic itself, how is that? How was that for you to work as a lawyer? Did you feel respected? Did you feel included? Also, um, as a non-UK person, um, how was your experience?
1: Well, actually, my experience was very positive one. I never, never had any negative vibes from my colleagues. So whether I work for NGO, I used to work for Plan International. I work for GlaxoSmithKline, and then I also work in a Polish embassy. And um, I never felt that because I am a woman, I am discriminated in any sense. I think what was expected from me is to do the task I was given, which I did, and uh, so yeah. Now rather, rather quite, quite positive one. Um, obviously, the, 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 there was an economic downturn when I was made redundant, mm-hmm. but there was nothing to do with me being a woman. It was everything to do with with things happening on the market. Um, entering financial industry was slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, Wealth management still is heavily dominated by male, even in our company, I'm one of the partners of the firm and you don't have many women in it. I do not come across as a typical wealth manager. So there were occasions when my colleagues were mixing me with a personal assistant just because uh, I am blonde, I am a woman, but that's not the case. I think I've been long enough in a company now for them to understand that uh, that's not the case. But on a serious note, I think there's supposed to be more women doing what I do because we have a completely different approach to personal finance. And I think women naturally care a lot. And talking about personal finance is can be very, very emotional and it takes years for another person to open up because you do talk about people's goals, aspirations, you involve children, you involve grandparents, you you discuss intergenerational planning, which quite often talks about birth and death. So um, I would love to see more women doing what I do, because I think we're doing it great.
0: That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. And I think, well, the work, how you do it and... I'm very satisfied with how, how we work with each other but also at the same time it's true women have a different perspective when addressing finance I do agree with you we, look, we tend to look more long term and more um, well less risky if you want um, so definitely uh, something I hope as well to see more women in that field but in order to get into the field what do you need to do how did you get on the path you are right now? Which course did you take and how did you find out about it? But I th- Because I think that is also um, something a lot of people do not even know how to start.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, to be honest with you, it was a very good friend of mine who suggested, why don't you look upon the financial industry? And then I was thinking international law, finance, I couldn't marry those two. But the more I look into the wealth management, the more I realize, yes, it is finance, but also it's a it's a personal planning. So the there is lots of exams one needs to take and and they never end. That's the other thing. So you constantly every year you need to take exams just to keep on on board with the knowledge and everything else. So you've got um, a route of CII, which is a Chartered Insurance Institute, mm-hmm. and you must do a diploma in um, in financial planning. And that, from what I remember, so still comprises of, I think, 8 to 10 exams. Mm-hmm. So you've got, obviously, the whole concept of the financial crime, the taxation of investments, um, quite a, a big exam on inheritance tax planning, mm. And uh, yes, however, it's uh, it's if you have a long term vision and, and you really want to go on that path, then it's, it's a fabulous, fabulous career to be to be in. Um, I've done all those exams
0: and it took you how long and how did you do it? Did you work at the same time for someone else? No,
1: no, I actually f- um, when I was doing my exams, um, that took me a year and a half. To do all of them and and just because you do exams it's not you're not ready yet then you need to you need to do more practical aspect of it so for the company I am sort of part of then you go on a field it's called you're working in a field and then you need to work in a field for the next two years mm-hmm. with a more established wealth manager and learn more practical things so if I were to compare it's like you've got a junior doctor
0: yeah exactly and then
1: you work with a consultant and you learn with him or her so it was exactly the same pathway with me i was a and a junior advisor when i started then i work with a consultant i've learned and now obviously i run my own business and run my own practice so you need to take a rather a long view on that because it does take a few a few years and um but like I said, it's, a, it's a definitely a very rewarding career because you really do change people's lives. And I really genuinely feel that I'm adding an incredible value to uh, everyone I work with.
0: So um, that is a really good transition to get into um, what we're working with each other. Yeah. Because the reason I wanted you to be on this podcast, not only are you a really good friend of mine, and our kids actually just sitting next door because it's half term. Yes. And as we are both working moms, they come to work with us. Absolutely. right? Yes. So they're sitting next door and <laughs> waiting for us, uh, eating a hamburger. Um, and so tell me about or tell our listeners, um, how can they involve their kids into, for example, um, what I do with my sons now? And you taught me this. Um, pension for children. Why is it important, and um, why should why should everyone get it? Uh, how do you do it? How much does it cost? How much do you need to give, and what is the return in general? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously there's calculations for everyone specifically, but in general, if you would put in fifty pounds a month, for example, how much will the kid get out when he or she retires? Just to give people an idea of why it is important to start today start when your child is born really with having a pension for your child
1: i think the one thing which is very important it's to break this taboo about money in uk parents they don't talk to their children about money they would rather talk to them about sex than money. So I think it's very important that you bring those conversation around the kitchen table and you involve different members of the family. So parents, grandparents and children and be open-minded because the future our children are facing is more challenging than possibly we were facing Mm -hmm. and, and our parents. The cost of living is rising. Actually, when you graduate from university, the fees are... I mean, the, the, the salary you get, it's minimal. It's only like 21, 22,000. The cost of university fees, 40,000. And actually getting on a property ladder, it's becoming almost impossible. So I think we as parents, we need to, it's no longer an aspiration. I think, I think it's very important for us to help our children with the best start in life and uh, and and the other thing which is you've already mentioned what is important is the time we need to give our investment time to grow and the more time we give the better it will grow and you've already mentioned pensions and also there are other investments which could be considered like junior isa and they are all the most tax efficient um rappers in 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 uk um but just to give you an example, which uh, I think just can put things into perspective. If you put £5 per day from birth to a children's savings, whether pension or, or, or an, a junior ISA, and you contribute only until the age of 10, then by the time they retire, their pension pot will be worth a million.
0: Mm. It's amazing. It's powerful.
1: And you might be wondering how this is all happening. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so those calculations are based on the growth of 7%, which is actually over a longer term is very achievable. But the most important thing is the whole concept of compounding interest. And I think this this is what I would like to emphasize because... You will not get compounding interest if you don't give your investment enough time to grow. So Albert Einstein calls compounding interest the eighth wonder. And so basically, and he said, he who understands grows it and he who doesn't pays it. And it's very powerful Mm -hmm. because um, if you pay interest on your credit cards, it will eat you alive. Yes, you've got 10, 20%. But if you grow your interest on your investments, this is how you get from five pounds a day contributing the age of 10 and then you've got your million. So so I always say to parents, it's our responsibility. I also feel very passionate about schools, to take the responsibility as well. We do not have enough financial education in schools. Zero, pretty much so. Mm. Although it's on the curriculum, our children have absolutely no idea what's happening. And apparently, the way how our children approach money and the relationship with money, it's shaped by the age of seven. I'm not saying it's too late for our children. It's never too late. But I think if you've got a really young children Uh, then it's very important to talk to them about money. And also there are lovely books, which I gave you one. Do you remember the Saviour Aiken book? Yes, 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 yes. Which is a very powerful, it's one of the best financial books you can ever share with your friends, parents. So I think it's important to, to start early and you don't need to put much. You can put as much as you can And I always, when I say to my client, the way you should be doing it, it's in a way that you actually don't notice it's leaving your bank account. Mm -hmm. Many, many companies to open your GISA and open your pensions as well. Sometimes it's worth Googling it. Um, The one piece of advice I would give to anyone who is considering, just make sure that it's um, the funds which is invested in are the right one mm. and this is the key it's almost like planting a tree mm-hmm. if you plant a tree i.e. put your money into a bad soil nothing
0: will happen mm. well it will die as, as well as your money exactly. exactly so that's why i would always say
1: don't uh, people they and uh, the people they say oh I, have, I keep my money in cash it's it's actually counterproductive mm-hmm. because inflation is eating your money And uh, so just make sure that you actually seek advice because it's very important because you need to, um, this 7% needs to be, obviously the money needs to be invested in a well-balanced portfolio to achieve that 7% over a medium to a long term. So I would say the best way, it's never to do a DIY, but actually find someone who is professionally trained to give you the right advice
0: that's fantastic um so so i personally have my children's pension with you and i have something else with you as well which i didn't know about before something i learned here in the uk because obviously i have my pension i have my pension in luxembourg and i have my pension here in the uk i had it with other providers before i met you but then When I met you, not only the pension will be differently invested now, so that it actually grows properly, because you're right. By the end, when I'm 65 or 60, that I can't stop working, the pension will not be there really anymore, Mm -hmm. because people are getting very old now. There's a lot of young people. There's a lot of unemployment. There's a lot of government burden. There's a lot of different things that fluctuate within that. However, the investment space will always remain. So there's something else you introduced me to. It's called ISA. Can you explain to our listeners what is ISA and what are the benefits to have an ISA account, such as myself? Mm -hmm. I have one, and I think everyone should have one if you live in the UK. Why? Well,
1: absolutely, because this is the only investment tax wrapper which you do not have to pay tax when you invest while it grows and when you exit it and i think it's very important to understand that in uk you you can invest in different asset classes you can invest in direct shares then you can invest in pensions what we've discussed and coming back to pensions i think it's worth mentioning that the government gives you a gift a 20% um, basically boost to your pension. So coming back to children as well, is you can put a maximum 3,600, although they don't pay tax, but really what you put is 2,880 pounds and the rest is added by the government. Mm. But with ISA, every tax year, we can put 20,000 in it. And I think it's very important to emphasize that if you don't use that tax allowance, you will lose it. And then that money grows free of any taxation. So you don't pay any income tax. You don't pay any capital gains tax. You don't pay any inheritance tax, which I think when every time when I have a conversation with an individual about their future goals and aspirations for me, those two are always something we need to maximize first before we move to any future investments. So, um, so yes, every year you can put 20,000 into your ISA and also you can open one for your children, a junior ISA, which is just over 4,000. And um, so junior ISA gives more flexibility because you can take it at any time you want. And uh, so I, I think that that's something everybody should consider um, obviously investing in. And please do not waste your allowance on a cash ISA because as I said it will be allowance wasted. You really need to ask your money to work for you a bit harder and you need to take that calculated risk And, and as I said before it's nothing about gambling it's about knowing that you've got that you've got people who know how to blend the right portfolio for you so you're your investment grows at a certain pace over a long term.
0: Very good. So um, definitely I will put under the podcast Martha's uh, contact details and her company details so you can get in touch to hear more about that and to hear how she can help you um, with your investments and with your pension and with the pension of your children. I would really not waste time on that because it's something the government supports here in the UK. And it's just easy made money for your pension and for your life after as well.
1: Well, I, I think what you said is very valuable because th- this country faces crisis. And it's not only our generations, it's the, the next generation. Our children in UK, watching us parents, so the more conversation we have about being responsible and knowing how to handle money, not using the credit cards and uh, and instead starting that habit of putting money away and it can be five pounds, ten pounds. Mm. What is important that you plant that seed? Because... Um, the state pension is not going to take you far put it that way if you want to maintain the lifestyle and I think that there is a gap one while we are in a an earning phase every 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 person should actually put away some money so when you retire you do not end up working in Tesco yeah or Sainsbury's. But you end up doing things you love in life. Whether well, it's you
0: actually start to enjoy your life after working for 40, 45 years. Yes, absolutely.
1: Which unfortunately, uh, lots of people missing out the point. And mm. I, and I can see that where where people actually a high earners, but also a, a hugely high spenders. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah, need yeah.
0: to, and you need
1: to balance that. Um,
0: it's. Um, Well, I think there's one of the celebrities, there's one saying that says, if you can't buy it twice, it's too expensive. (laughs) Uh, And I always needed to laugh about that because it puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Um, So, yeah, absolutely. Um, And the other thing, it's, um, I don't know, did I
1: mention to you about the marshmallow effect? No, No, not yet. This is a good one. I mean, obviously, our children are too old to do that. But if you get a little ones around four to seven Mm -hmm. and you lock them in a little room and you put a really lovely marshmallow in front of them and you say, if you don't eat it, I will bring you another two or even three. And it's incredible what children they do. Some of them, they will just stare at the marshmallow and they will never, ever eat it. Some of them will struggle and will eat it and then take it out and then eat it again. And what what it basically says is deleted gratification. It's basically something which we can teach our children. It's wait. If you don't eat it, wait and you will have more. If you don't spend it, if you wait, you will have the, the magic compounding interest effect. And instead of having five pounds... In a year time you will have 50 so you can you can maybe we can test it with our friends little children but that's yeah. a it's an interesting exercise with 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 the little ones
0: absolutely well um yes well as a mother of two for example gabriel he's very good with money mm. like he really he saves his money uh he has his little wallet they have both their little card yes so they have a debit card which I uh, top up because they need it for the train and everything. Um, but Noah is not there yet. Mm-hmm. Like He, when I give him five pounds pocket money, they get 30 pounds a month uh, as a, um, as a pocket money for the month yes. for like the little treats they want, or if they want a little toy, that is the money I'm giving them to teach them about money. And Noah Surely enough, after the month, there is not one cent left. So he spends it all, all the time, straight away. Like, he always finds something. And I try to teach him to say, no, i wait. Next month, you will have 60 pounds. Then you can buy something bigger and nicer. Mm-hmm. I said, because why are you buying this now? Then he buys that silly little toy that breaks within the hour instead of just waiting. And I think... Um, Yeah, I I think as a mother, it's important to understand how can I teach my child about money and saving. So I think there as well, you have something to share.
1: Well, it's called budgeting. Like we budget, like government budgets, we we should really teach our children how to budget. And I think it's a a brilliant idea, giving them a pocket money, have a budget, let's say 30 pounds per month. Because, and and I think it's important as well not to associate with take the dishes out of the dishwasher Mm -hmm. or do up your bed. Um, It's it's actually giving them that money to know how to manage it. And when they run out out of money, they usually come to us for help. And then we, we just have to say no. And at some point, because Sophie was similar, at some point they will get it. Because quite mm. often, I, I uh, her pocket's money is around 20, 30 pounds per month. But day two, she was out of it. But I, uh, my friends and me, we went to Costa and we bought a panini. And I, I'm, I'm saying, Sophie, I'm sorry, darling. This is your budget for a month. There is no longer any paninis happening in here. And then it, you just need to teach them a hard yeah. way. And now she's more more um, focused because the Christmas is coming and they want to buy you presents as well. And they're saying, Oh, I'm not having enough time to save. And I'm like, Well, you had the whole year to plan. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, I need to be stronger with that. So it's it's all this it's, so when they come back to us for more, we we, we just have to say no. There is a, sorry, there is no increase to your salary as of yet. You need to wait till next year and the next year you will have an increase of your budget. And I think it's important to discuss it that way in a very grown-up way. Like, you know, every year the salary is increasing. You will increase by five pounds.
0: That's it. Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Gabriel, as I said, he's fantastic with money. Always has been. Um, but Noah, he's a little bit more of a, he lives the moment. And uh, yeah, I think also because, and I need to smile at that, Um when he comes then, and he doesn't have any money anymore with like his blue greenish cute eyes and the dimples like I always get very soft and and so yeah I just need to learn as well as a mother Mm. to be a little bit more professional within that because you know as a single mom myself uh, the only income source we have um, of course I want to buy my kids a lot of things, but that always is that is not always possible. The same for you, and so I think it's just about um, yeah, as you said at the beginning of this podcast, um, to not be afraid to talk about money and say this is what we have, this is what we're gonna do, and um, this is where it will take us. So yeah, definitely a very valuable insights you were sharing with us. So last question um, for listeners to take away what would be your um quote your um takeaway today for them
1: i i i think like i said initially i i think our children are really facing a challenging future and i think we we, we should be more open with with the fact that we need to discuss the topic of money um with them and um, and just start as soon as possible and it it's not about it's it's not about the amounts because one can put a little amount it's about the time it's it's about the the fact that you will be maximizing the the whole concept of compounding interest we we talked about and there is 11 million children in the UK. And guess how many have pensions? I don't know, 10,000.
0: Oh my goodness. So
1: There's lots and lots of work to wow. be done, and I feel very passionate about mm. um, about educating parents and children about their responsibilities. Mm. So and this work cannot be done without our involvement. And, and a school involvement. So that's how I would summarize
0: you know, my talk today. That's amazing. Well, definitely. Also for the ministers who are listening to our talk today, from the House of Lords and from Parliament, do definitely, in your next budget uh, for educational purposes, raise this topic, because I think it's so important. We are really in a state of emergency here in the UK now. Um, with our politics, with Brexit. Um, As an example, I went to the bank account a few days ago uh, to get some cash to pay my Chinese food and five banks on High Street Kensington were all out of cash. And I think um, it really shows me as a person that there's something happening behind the scenes that scares people and that we really need to invest our money properly rather than just stocking it at home. The pound is, fa- is really, it's, it's going down by the day mm-hmm. and it's really time to look long term what you really want to do with your money and what it will bring to you and to your family. Thank you so much, Martha. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we are going for lunch now. Yes. <laughs> and uh, to all of you listening, uh, thank you so much. Leave your comments below. I will share Martha's details with you below. So do get in touch with her if you have more questions. And until next time, when you meet new friends through Tessie's Lens. Thank you.